Is this situation with the, the political, I don't know, the coup you call it in the UK good for markets in the medium term and the short term? Because really they, they like stability and predictability, but the, the risk is that it leads to a Labour government, right? Look, you know, we have stability. We, are, we have a return to political stability, which arguably we never had under Johnson because of his own chaotic nature, but the economic policy, we knew what it was, we knew where we were, and it's a continuation really of much the same policy that Cameron and Osborne put in place back in 2010. That's how we've been doing it for the last 12 years. We are back to that under a prime minister who is unlikely to make the same political mistakes that Johnson made. However, about half of 2019 voters have walked away from them, and I don't see them coming back in any real numbers. So yes, we are looking at a Labour government. As to what the size of the majority is, who's to say? Uh, but I mean, I, I just, I cannot see the Conservatives winning. I, I can't see any way in which they win the next election. But the likelihood is, and this, and this the markets might like, the likelihood now is that there is not a general election and that this goes to full term. Hello and welcome to the Fortune and Freedom podcast, where Nigel Farage and Nikolai Hubble give you a unique take on what's really going on in the world of finance, investing and politics. We hope you sit back and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to This Week in Review with Nigel Farage. Nigel, it's all about the election in the UK that allowed Rishi Sunak to become Prime Minister, except of course there wasn't one. How do you feel about it? Yes, Rishi said I was elected. No, you weren't. Boris said he had 102 signatures. You can believe that if you want to. I mean, his relationship with the truth is pretty loose. Um, uh, the Penny Morden couldn't quite get to that. She said she was at 97, but yeah, forget it. It's all for the birds. Um, it, it's a coronation. Um, he's beaten Prince Charles to it. It's a coronation. Uh, September's loser is October's winner, uh, which is astonishing. I, I suspect, though, that for now, the revolving door has stopped moving. I suspect that he will be leader for quite a long time. I, I completely see the whole thing as a globalist takeover, especially the way in which Hunt was appointed. The markets are delighted. Orthodoxy has returned. Taxes will go up. The state will get bigger. Immigration will remain uncontrolled in that we won't just take people with skills that add, we'll take anybody. Um, and we'll go on with low growth and low productivity. Isn't that wonderful? Well done, everybody. Absolutely marvellous. Yeah, we're stuck with the status quo, stuck with it again. Um, the interesting thing about the whole thing for me was watching the question time, which I almost never do. Uh, I noticed that Keir Starmer didn't go after Rishi Sunak. He went after the Home Secretary instead. Yes, he did. Um, the Home Secretary was forced to resign a week ago over a breach of confidentiality. What a load of cobblers. You know, this was a note she sent to a colleague to say, what do you think about this, mate? You know, it happens all day, every day. More significantly, Gavin Williamson left the cabinet after leaking quite secretive defence papers and he's back in. So Stephen Kinnock had a go at that question. So yeah, it's all after Braverman because they hate Braverman because she believes in border controls. You know, she is from the right of the party. That was the deal that sealed it really for Rishi. Uh, it really was the deal that sealed it. So yeah, they're going after Suella, but that'll make no difference. She'll stay and she'll promise the earth on the cross-channel Albanian criminal gangs that are coming in daily, but of course do nothing at all. I mean, do absolutely nothing at all. And 
The Tories who were down at 20% of the polls probably would be 30% within a couple of weeks because Rishi actually, to be fair, um, performed better at the dispatch box than anyone thought he could. On the Monday, when it was announced that he was the only candidate, his speech, he stood there reading off an autocue like a bloody robot. Um, but actually in the Commons yesterday, he performed well. He won't have difficulty performing well in the Commons. And he won't have a lot of difficulty in big sit downs with the BBC. Where he'll struggle is with ordinary people because he's geeky, he's awkward. He just can't, you know, I mean, you know, is Rishi gonna walk into a working man's club in Doncaster in an effort to hold the red wall seat? Well, I recommend he doesn't because he won't be to speak to those people at all. And that's the weakness of Rishi as a candidate. That how do you, and it's unfair to attack somebody because, because they've married into a billionaire family, I guess, but that's the world we live in. You know, how does he relate, communicate with ordinary folk who are struggling? Um, now, I mean, the one piece of good news is the fall in the price of natural gas, which does at least ease a bit of the, a bit, bit of pressure. And I sense that actually all along, what the markets were really saying was an unlimited cap on energy prices is just unsustainable for British government borrowing. But now there's been a sharp fall in the price of gas. The sums look a bit more realistic. That's the real story, in my opinion. Believe it or not, the, the price of natural gas actually went negative in the European market and also in the US one briefly. That was the price of gas. I think it's for the next day. So it's the immediate short term price. Usually these things are traded for, for multiple days in advance, multiple months in advance. But uh, it's still interesting to see that while the politicians are busy trying to cap the price of gas, it actually goes negative. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it sums it up. So, look, you know, we are back to Treasury orthodoxy. We are back to a Labour Party who have almost no different economic agenda whatsoever from the Conservatives. The most significant political part of the Sunak PMQs yesterday was on energy. Uh, a, a, a continued commitment to renewables. But more interestingly, the fracking ban is now back as part of government policy. We will not even attempt to become energy independent under Rishi Sunak. And remember, the problem with energy isn't just price, it's supply as well. And fascinating story out overnight that in Germany, they're scrapping a wind farm to build an open cast lignite coal mine on the same site. So others in Europe are doing a lot more to get their energy security in place than we are. Uh, but I was told optimistically by a Tory MP last night, it's okay, Nigel, don't worry. Uh, we have a plan to be energy independent by 2045, to which I replied, well, you and I will both be dead by then. Um, so that I think again is the great weakness of, of you know, orthodoxy has produced, as I say, this low growth, this low productivity environment, um, but energy remains the Achilles heel economically and strategically. I think of this government. Yeah, on that German wind farm, the specifics are fantastic. They're knocking down eight windmills in order to get at the, the coal yeah. that's underneath them. So it's uh, the, the energy vendor has gone all the way around and started back to, to where, it's, uh, where it all began. Um, is this situation with the, the political, I don't know, the coup you call it in the UK good for markets in the medium term and the short term? Because really they, they like stability and predictability, but the, the risk is that it leads to a Labour government, right? 
look, you know, we have stability. We, are, we have a return to political stability, which arguably we never had under Johnson because of his own chaotic nature, but the economic policy, we knew what it was, we knew where we were, and it's a continuation really of much the same policy that Cameron and Osborne put in place back in 2010. That's how we've been doing it for the last 12 years. We are back to that under a prime minister who is unlikely to make the same political mistakes that Johnson made. However, about half of 2019 voters have walked away from them and I don't see them coming back in any real numbers. So yes, we are looking at a Labour government as to what the size of the majority is, who's to say, uh, but I mean, I, I just, I cannot see the Conservatives winning. I, I can't see any way in which they win the next election. But the likelihood is, and this, and this the markets might like, the likelihood now is that there is not a general election and that this goes to full term. So that should provide some relief for a while. Uh, Nigel, thanks very much for joining us. And to everyone at home, thanks for watching.